0: It is for us in our everyday life as we go. We go into the workplace, as we go to our homes, as we go about our business and we talk to people. It is being uh, those men of authority and ability. It is being bringing blessings and rest to the people around us. But because of sometimes we're not always following the Lord closely, we find sometimes we're still wandering in the wilderness. We're dying because of sin, never becoming. All that God intended.
1: You just heard a small segment from my special guest speaker, Cliff Hare, as he shares about God's desire to carry you and I out of the wilderness of sin and bring us into his chosen promised land on episode 49 of the 318 Project. This is the 318 Project, a guide to equip men through godly principles and develop as husbands, fathers, and sons. And now, your host, Ryan Hare. Hello, I'm Ryan Hare, and thank you for joining me on this episode. In this episode, I share with you from a recent recording of Cliff's Monday Night Man Church meetings that he hosts through Faithful Men Ministries. He shares about the five sins that kept the children of Israel out of Canaan land and how those same five sins can keep you and I from reaching God's promised land that he has for our lives. Now, this teaching is taken from the book Maximized Manhood by Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole. I hope you are blessed and challenged by this message from Cliff. Enjoy.
0: So, I want to go right to the heart of of maximized manhood. I just thought tonight, sometimes we just need to go back to the beginning of this. And, you know, the maximized manhood book, Dr. Cole really uh, talked about this part of uh, being carried out and being brought in. God taking you out, uh, bringing Israel uh, out of uh, the Egyptian bondage and carrying them to the Canaan land. And he went on to say that, you know, that Canaan. Uh, The Canaan land has always been God's symbol of mankind's maximized potential. You know, he was carrying the Israelites. He took them out of the Egyptian bondage, and he was told them of a land of promise that he was carrying them to. So he was bringing them out to take them someplace better. You know, and Canaan land always is that place where problems can be solved. Conflicts ended. Relationships renewed. And we think of it many times as heaven. You know, we've been preached and taught many times of it as as the Canaan land being heaven. But the Canaan land experience, as Dr. Cole would describe it, is that which we can experience also here in this present life. You know, because it maximizes our potential, restores relationships, it solves problems, it ends those conflicts, and just uh, helps us to be that maximized man, maximizing our potential. You know, and and so God wants men to enter into that Canaan, that place of rest. It's a place of blessing, a a place of success, uh, ability, and authority. It's the place where God desires you and I to be. And, you know, just those words, as I look at those, that you think of rest, just resting in it. How many times I think in my spiritual walk that I... Uh, strive to try to accomplish things, and I, I find myself stressed and, and not blessed and in rest. You know, sometimes I don't see myself as successful because I have to get back to this part of uh, seeing how God sees me and, and, and not always sure of my abilities because the Lord calls us to do things that sometimes, as we're told, kind of out of our comfort zone. Uh, but then he gives us that authority. And man, so so I go back to Tim, as I've seen him change in these last couple of years, I see how he operates in the authority as he goes and he ministers. Uh, and so many people uh, receiving Christ and receiving healings and deliverances. But that's not just for pastors and evangelists and apostles and teachers to operate in ministry. It is for us in our everyday life as we go, we go into the workplace, as we go to our homes, as we go about our business and we talk to people. It is being uh, those men of authority and ability. It is being bringing blessings and rest to the people around us. But because of sometimes we're not always following the Lord closely, we find sometimes we're still wandering in the wilderness. We're dying because of sin, never becoming all that God intended. And so what Dr. Cole was talking about when he opened the book, he was talking about he was going to a meeting, I believe it was in Oregon, and he had really sought God for how to address these men. The Lord had given him five things to talk about. But as he went and he saw these men, he called them out and called them down to pray, called sin out in their lives. And he found men that were craving for direction. They were longing for leadership and they were seeking for God's voice. And guys, that's all of us. We're all craving for direction, longing for leadership, and we're seeking for God's device, that spiritual father. You know, uh, I was watching a. I was watching an episode of Monk. Remember the series Monk? <laughs> I watched one of these programs the other night, and uh, in in this particular program, uh, his assistant was Sharona. If you remember, this was his first assistant, and she had this time when she hadn't been paid for several weeks, and she was every time she went to go buy something, it said insufficient funds, and so she kept saying, "Monk, you we've got that we've got to collect." we've got to get the the you know the the captain and the lieutenant to to approve these things we got to get a raise so we can we can so you can pay me and so there's this scene where he's standing before the lieutenant in at the desk and she's handing the lieutenant this invoice for their work and He's saying, no, we can't do that just yet. We haven't finished. And she pulls it out. He pulls it out of the lieutenant's hands. And she takes it out of Monk's hands and hands it back to the lieutenant. (laughs) And, And finally, you know, they go through this two or three times. And she says, I'm done. And she walks out. She says, don't call me. You're on your own. And Monk, now this obsessive compulsive, is standing there in front of the lieutenant and the lieutenant's holding the invoice and he says, what do you want me to do with it? And he's standing there with this blank look and he's going, I don't know, what do I do? Again, this blank look and he says, tell me what I'm supposed to do. And this is sometimes the way I think, it. I know it's times I've felt probably more than I should, but sometimes I feel like I'm standing there and I'm saying, what do I do? Tell me what to do. And this was Dr. Cole in this meeting. These men, he found that they were craving for direction, longing for leadership. It's the desire in our heart to to have that Father, that Heavenly Father. When we spend time in prayer, for me, I'm looking for that direction from from God on high to say, hey, this is what I need you to do. Here's what my word said. And uh, we've all experienced that. But there were five things that he called out in the men. And this right out of the book, Maximize Manhood. And you guys, uh, you probably know this better than me, but I think it's great to just review it. That first one he described in the book was lust. And, you know, and he described it that it wasn't always sexual in nature. Uh, It could could apply to anything in our lust, in our lives. But the uh, aspects of it was one, it benefited itself. And it, it benefited itself because it was at the expense of others. And it always had a desire to get. And that's what made it different than love, because love was always benefiting someone else at the expense of ourselves because love desires to give. And that was John three sixteen, where God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish. But have everlasting life. And so there's that first one. We've got to examine ourselves. Is there lust in our lives? And it's not just a sexual, a physical part. You know, there's times we lust uh, to take advantage of people, maybe for monetary gain or for some position, you know. And so uh, what is the thing that's motivating our lives? Uh, The second one was idolatry. Definition was uh, esteeming something more worthy of our devotion than devotion to God. You know, he talked about in here, um, there were things we could think of, There's sports. If we're not careful, we can let sports dominate our thoughts and our minds, our lives, and it can become idolatrous. Um, There can be the hobbies we pursue. Uh, If we're not careful, we can give those things more time than our family, but even more time than God. It's our business and our work, and in today's time, how important it is to work hard because of the money. I mean, we're facing inflation in some difficult times. And the nature of man is we want that security. We wanna be able to have that extra. So sometimes we can make work or our business uh, an, an idol. And then, you know, I think I just labeled in there everything. We sometimes, if we're not careful, we just fit God into our lives somewhere. He becomes part of the routine uh, and not really that part that we really love and adore and set above the other things in our lives. You know, I, I see people that come to church sometimes and it's like they fit him in their schedule for the day. Uh, it's like, hey, I'm making the certain service because I have to do this. And it's it, they do this over and over again. And it's not like they're coming to um, uh, make him the Lord of their day. So uh, idolatry has a big part. The third thing that Dr. Cole mentioned there was fornication, and he described and defined that as every kind of sexual sin. And in it, he described that men's character are underdeveloped and weak. It's idolatrous. It paints pictures on our minds. You know, Dr. Cole would say that the greatest thing you can do is uh, create an image. uh, You know, create an image and I think the second thing was to destroy that image. And so pornography, if you're looking at it, not just the written word, but in the 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 videos and the picture form, it places an image in your mind and it can become a stronghold. And those things fight against the control of the mind because the part of the soul we surrendered our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions to the Lord, allowing him to have that. So Fornication has a big part here, guys. And, and, and it's not just that we declare it and the pastor calls it out. It is as we kneel before the Lord and make Jesus the Lord of our lives, are we allowing him to speak to these sort of things in our lives to help to build our character? Because this is part of making it to the Canaan land. You know, God promises those who overcome will sit with him on his throne, and the overcomers are the godly achievers. You see, the men of Israel died in the wilderness. They never saw Canaan. And many of that was because of not just all their disobedience, but a lot of it was because of the fornication. And today, those of you who talk to men, I mean, I think just about everybody on here somewhere talks to, to men from a ministry standpoint, but you're, we're finding men are bogged down because of fornication and they're missing the best part in their lives. The fourth one was tempting Christ. You know, when I learned this, I'd never really heard that term before. But it's demanding that God do what is contrary to his character. You know, that character of excellence, uh, being above and beyond, because that's what God is doing in our lives. He's developing us to be just like him. So what is that that we're demanding to do? Well, we've seen people who have... uh, cheated and lied in their business to do better. Um, You know, you go back to that one uh, principle Dr. Cole always talks about. I I love the one where he says, you know, the characteristics of the kingdom uh, emanate from the character of the king. And he would talk about, you know, the characteristics of heaven emanates from the character of God the Father, because he's the king of that uh, domain. And then in Darkness, you know, in the will, Satan, his characteristics would predominate in 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 uh, the evil uh, dominion. Uh, but it, he put that on to say that also happened in a home where a father, whatever the character of the father was, would be the characteristic traits that would show up in the family. In a business, however, the businessman or the managing partner uh, that ran the business. Uh, whatever his character and characteristic character was, that would show up in the characteristics of his employees and how the business operated. And so we see this also in our lives here, that if we're not careful, uh, we can demand God to do things that's contrary to his character, pursuing promiscuity. You know, um, there there are many who are living together without being married and again, they're, they're asking God to bless their union, uh, and yet, no, it's contrary to God's character. And, and then again, for all of us, we want to enjoy those benefits of salvation, but yet have the pleasures of sin. Now, it's not to say that we don't sin, because we have this part that we're always wrestling with it, and it's, it's, we can fall there, but we don't live in sin. God's called us out from sin. And so it's a part here of tempting Christ was the fourth one. And then the fifth one that Dr. Cole mentioned was that murmuring, the negative confession. You know, you those of you who know me, I always go back to Psalms 19, 14, when I first got saved, my pastor, when we would finish every service, whether it was Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, a revival service. We would always repeat that. And it says that the meditation of my heart, (laughs) the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And that scripture comes to mind so often because many times for me, I can find myself in a negative confession. Uh, We describe it here. I'm putting down these example of complaining, criticizing, fault finding and rumoring but we can also, I think, for me, uh, it may not be murmuring, but sometimes that negative confession for me can just be the negative thoughts in me when when I go down the road and the stoplight catches me and I really didn't want that stoplight going. Oh man, <laughs> just you know, <laughs> you just put me out of sequence here, and and uh, so sometimes that negative confession keeps us, because, you know, God begins everything on a positive. He ends everything on a positive. When you walk in faith, we're walking in positive. It is the strength in our life here. And so, uh, murmuring, you know, when we get to complaining, what are the things we're complaining about? Are we saying, you know, maybe we're not complaining directly to God, uh, but maybe we're complaining about it. When we went to the example of the Israelites being brought out of Egypt, You know, they were wandering in the wilderness. They complained because they didn't, felt like they didn't get everything they wanted. They didn't have it their way. And, you know, they were fussing at Moses. And if I remember this right, didn't God say, hey, they're not complaining about you. They're complaining about me. And, you know, and Moses had to step in and tell God, these are the people that you've done great things with. You know, you don't want to destroy them. And so you know complaining can be very detrimental for us and so it's a part that we really have to check i think james said something about our uh lips being that uh little flame that can start a big fire maybe that's in proverbs but with that we can find ourselves criticizing we can be finding fault and not even knowing uh what other people are going through and then of course uh, we always want to know what's happening so we can share it first. And and maybe we got the rumors, you know, and if you've ever been a government employee or worked in the military, you know, there's always the, the rumor going on. You know, you, you never know what's happening in the government. So those were the five things that Dr. Cole talked about. And uh, that's what he preached to those men that night. And those are the things that when you go to Second Corinthians 10. I believe it was in second maybe it's first Corinthians 10 uh, uh, verses 6 through 10. those were the five sins that he listed there that were the five sins that kept the Israelites from going into the promised land and why they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness now the Lord says here in first Peter 2 and 9 he says to us that we are a chosen generation men we need to hear this we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood a holy nation, his own special people. The King James Version says a peculiar people that we may proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. The Lord has called you and I out of the darkness out of this world that we may be the light. And we see all we have to do is look around us. And the darkness in this day is getting darker and darker. And we've called not to be a part of this world, not to be conformed to this world, uh, but to be a light to it and to be transformed by his word and his love. So God's word sets the standard of our faith. It gives the rule for our conduct. It reveals the character of God. And God isn't so much concerned, I think, all the things we're doing for him, but more concerned that we're becoming more like him. And that's why he leads us and guides us and teaches us and and asks us to do things. In John 17, verses 15 through 17, this was the New King James Version. Jesus says, I do not pray you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They're not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. It is Jesus, the word, that is the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and is that truth that we need guiding us in this day, that we may be the light. And remember that God always begins on a positive, and he ends on a positive, and he's bringing you and I out to take us to someplace better. Even from where we are today, though we may have been delivered from the sin, delivered from uh, uh, problems in our lives, he's still taking us to a better place, always taking us to a better level, wanting us to become men of excellence, uh, men of light, men of example for the world, so that they can see that God himself is the lover of their soul, and he wants good things for them, and so tonight, guys, I just want to say, hey, thank you for being here, but continue to pursue on. These five things, they may have dealt with us at the beginning, but I think it's always good for us to look back and check ourselves. Is there lust in our lives? Is there idolatry in our lives? Is there fornication? Is there murmuring, and is there tempting Christ? Check those things in our lives, always going back. And the one thing I always loved that that Dr. Cole said uh, for me that stood out was, you know, was being faithful. And he said, the only man that was faithful was the man that was always faithful to come back to the cross. And it is that daily dying and daily uh, um, just placing ourselves before the Lord, that he and his Holy Spirit may rule and reign in our lives as we not only. Uh, Make him the savior, but we make him the Lord of our lives.
1: So I hope you enjoyed that message by Cliff. This book by Dr. Cole has had a major impact on my life, and I find time every couple of years to go back and reread it and just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to me about things that may be trying to come back up in my life. And as Cliff brought it out, so many of us feel like we are wandering around in a spiritual wilderness and asking that question of, what do I do now? Just as the Israelites struggled with those five sins that kept them out of Canaan land, so many men and women struggle with those same issues today. Now, you may be thinking, I don't worship an idol like they did. But many things that Cliff brought out are taking our attention, and that can keep you and I from drawing closer to God and having that intimate relationship with Him. Or maybe you've never really looked at tempting God or murmuring as being an issue in your life. But once you take the time to reflect and see that we may have expected God to do some things in our lives for us— When we aren't willing to surrender those things in our lives to him, then we find the time to complain about it. I know looking back, I see how much murmuring I have had and those negative confessions about things, even in my own life and failures, and then to complain about it and find fault with others to try and justify my mistakes. It is easy to see that Satan hasn't changed his tactics and tries to use the same tricks to keep you and I from reaching God's chosen promised land for us. So I want to thank you for joining me on this episode of the 318 Project. Be sure to like it, subscribe to get notified when the next episode appears on whatever platform that you listen to podcasts, and also to share it with others to help bless them and to get the message of Jesus Christ around the world. And as always, I want you to have a blessed and wonderful day.
0: Thank you for joining on this adventure of integrity and honor in godly masculinity. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with other men. And remember to
1: keep building faithful men.